Welcome back to the OWA Talks podcast. I am your co-host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Sandra. And today we actually have two guests. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit today about the OWA Leadership Scholarship Award. So we have two of our Leadership Scholarship winners here today. Um, it's Kathy Furman, the Director of Customer Success at GPN, and Kylie Mattia, who's the Sales Director for the West at Safalo. Welcome. Hi, welcome for having us today. So congrats on being awarded the 2020 Leadership Scholarship Award. Um, why don't you guys share a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. So hi, my name is Kathy um, and um, I live in Florida with my family. Um, my husband and my son is in his junior year of college. And I started in the optometric industry a little bit over 18 years ago in a private practice uh, as a paraoptometric. And then from there, I ended up transitioning into working on the vendor side a little bit uh, almost four years ago um, because I wanted to take the experience I had learned in helping grow in a single practice to help impact more offices in the country. Hi, and I'm Kylie. Um, I have four amazing children. I've got, they range from 16 to seven. Husband and I and all these kids of mine live in Nebraska. I've got my Husker shirt on today that you can't see, but go big red. I started in the optical industry by accident. I went to college and got a merchandising and a marketing degree, much like everyone I think that ends in, ends in the optical industry on the sales side. You don't necessarily think that this is the, the place that you're going to land, but you love it once you're there and it's incredibly hard to leave. So I started with Saflo 20 years ago as a sales rep. Um, and then gradually worked my way up from sales rep to sales manager to uh, now sales director for the West. Uh, so I've been doing that since 2017. And it's so much more rewarding than I ever thought it would be to be able to work with a team, um, to work with the independent practices and, and help them grow. It, it's just, this is such a amazing industry to be a part of because you get to have the fashion side and the medical side and just really love what I do. Thanks so much for sharing a little bit about each of your, your backgrounds. As, as you're aware, the OWA's mission is to enhance and promote the leadership of women in the optical industry. Can each of you share with us how you've engaged with the OWA and some of the activities that you've been a part of within the organization? I actually joined the OWA when I was actually still working in the practice. So I went to a expo and never heard of the OWA and went to one of the, the events. I think it was at Expo West, one of the fundraising events. I think we were doing like a solid auction and things like that you guys are doing. And I loved the engagement that was happening amongst the women in the industry. So even though I wasn't on the vendor side yet, I'm like, you know what, this is a great organization. And I joined then. Um, but then actually seeing it on the vendor side, I think I even love it even more because we get to collaborate as women. But also, you know, right now I'm the ambassador for my company. So as being the ambassador, I get the great privilege of sharing all the benefits that the OWA gets to offer to the other people in my organization. So, you know, I can, I encourage them to go to the events that I have gone to, such as the, you know, the events at Expo, but also the virtual events. So, you know, the advisory groups, especially for things that would help them grow in regards to sales or personal development or the finance, you know, advisory groups, because I think the OWA has something to offer for everyone, no matter what they are doing in a organization. So just to definitely attend those events that will help help them grow professionally and personally. And I'm on the other side of it. Um, this is my first introduction into the OWA. Um, 
I have always kind of looked from afar. I did attend an event a couple of years ago. A regional manager said, oh, you have to come, you have to go. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a member. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure if I should go. And I really felt myself a little jealous of the the camaraderie that was created in the room and, and felt like it was something that I should have gotten involved in a lot long time ago and really got excited about, you know, the energy in the room, the pandemic happened and everything changed. And some of the plans that I had, oh, maybe I'll do this and sign up for this. My, my direction completely shifted and changed. So this was, um, this, this scholarship has really been an opportunity for me to try to, to prioritize this part of my professional development. I haven't been great at it yet, but it's something that I am committed to really trying to join as many things as I can so that I can just get to know other people, other women in this industry and see what this is all about. I've, I've, uh, been very one-sided so far. And this, this really is just something that really intrigues me. So I guess anybody that's listening that hasn't started or hasn't tried, you're with me. <laughs> so that's, it's my, it's definitely on my things to do is to get more involved in the LWA. You mentioned how, you know, during the pandemic, you're really trying to take that as an opportunity to, you know, get some more skills and grow and further your professional development. Um, I think a lot of people are doing that right now where they've got more time on their hands to, you know, try to develop those new skills. What strategies are you, have you each used throughout your career um, to continue developing and growing along this career path? So the things that I've done is to do things that scare you. And I don't talk about like going to a horror movie type of scare, but the things that maybe like a presentation that you've never done before in front of maybe executives or, you know, maybe even a new client that you know you're super nervous about like having those butterflies in your stomach because the more you do those things the more you grow and you're kind of stretching yourself instead of just kind of being in the regular routine of the day-to-day you know you have to kind of push yourself um, but also i think what also has helped me is surrounding myself with people who push you as well and in a good way you know like encouraging you to step out of your your box and things like that because we always want to grow in our career and personally um and it really does help to have those people around you that you know encourage you to step out of your comfort zone um i know that when my son started college they really talked about that that's one thing they were actually trying to teach in in school is that you know they want people who don't just learn the facts out of the books the people that you know try and help you grow and um, become more of a well-rounded person in regards to professionally as well and stepping outside of your comfort zone and do those new things that you've never done before. So that is a, a great segue to me because I am terrible with that. I'm, I can speak in front of a big group of people and I don't have any problem, but my biggest challenge, my introvert at heart, which I know people sometimes don't think that that's the truth, but small group settings and walking up and putting myself out there is really a very big challenge for me. Um, and so I think what I've been working on over the last year, you know, when everything shut down, we had an opportunity as a company to work with our small groups and work with the sales teams. And one of the things that we did was we started a book club. So we found a, it was a management sales book that uh, we all sat down and read together and then talked about the chapters. And so I had a lot of fun doing that, but it started with that book club. Um, and then now as a company, we've evolved into working with Franklin Covey and trying to figure out, oh gosh, what should our leadership skills look like? How to lead teams? And I think what I've been working on the most recently is taking the pause. I'm pretty fast paced. I'm always thinking of things that are going to come up next and um, trying to close, really trying to slow my brain down and thinking about how am I going to respond to this? How do I, 
what's a new strategy that I can do? Uh, I, I, that slowing down of the, the country created that ability for me to start to slow down as well and really focus on individual items instead of constantly looking at, you know, as we're learning in Franklin Covey, all the little rocks. I was focusing on all the little things that were going on instead of the big things that needed to be focused on. So, but I'm jealous of you, Kathy, that you're, <laughs> that you do that. It definitely is not an easy thing to do. Um, and like even doing a podcast, you know, I still have a little butterflies in my stomach trying to help grow myself and, you know, personally and professionally. So like, this is a way to do that. You just have those little butterflies in your stomach, you know, each time you try something new and different. You have done some really great unique things during the pandemic to continue to grow yourself. And when we think about the OWA, the basic principles are really to connect, inspire, and to lead future leaders. So when we think about some of the things that you have done and the roles that you're doing now and what the future looks like, how do you define leadership and why do you think that that's so important within the optical industry? So when I think about leadership, I think about um, not just helping your organization that you work uh, for grow, but also just your, the team around you. So leadership is empowering the people around you um, because at some point, you know, you may decide that, you know, I want to move on to another company or even another industry, but at least there's people in place that can help that company still thrive and grow for the future. So that's kind of how I think about with that leadership. I think with the optical industry kind of to go back to what Kylie said earlier, we are very unique because we not only do we, do we have a medical aspect to what we do, but we also have fashion, uh, which is also kind of awesome to have in a business, um, in an industry that we work for. So I think it's essential to have that leadership because things change uh, so fast in the world now. And so for the people to see that that light, that, that future changes and to be able to adapt to that as well and to be able to teach their team to be adaptable as well. Because as we know, like every, every fall and spring, there's a new something new in fashion, but also, you know, with technology, medical changes. So it's just kind of uh, something you really have to combine to um, teach your people to kind of look at that too, of like what could the future hold and, and help them adapt to those things as well. Now I read a, I, I want to piggyback off with what you said too. I think really with our industry, managing through change has been such a, a big focus. I, I know working with the reps, the industry is slow moving, but it's fast paced at the same time. Um, so for us, really trying to help our reps navigate through what it looks like now. Um, appointments are different. You have to be much more consultative than what you used to be able to be. Uh, as, a, as a sales rep, it was very transactional in the past. Here's my new pretty things. Let's talk about how excited we can get about these colors and these shapes and, and you know all these things that are so great about eyewear, but also sitting down and saying, are you buying too much product? Are you showcasing product in the right way? So as leaders, we really had to take that time and we, we were really benefited from that time to slow our reps down and say, how are you pre-planning before you are you walking into an office? How are you adding extra value to an independent practice? It's not easy as you know, when you've been in this industry for 30, 40 years, which some of our sales reps have been, they were used to going in and doing things a certain way. So one of the things that I learned really through this process was you have to lead to allow them to do the, the job. I, I was very focused 
for a long time on, you know, let me help you do that. Let me, let me take that burden away from you. Let me um, guide you through and, and show you, you know what, I'll just forward that email on for you. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that for you instead of guiding them to how to, they can solve the problem for themselves. So that's really something that I have to catch myself. I'll, I'll get CC'd on an email and I'm like, do you need to, to handle this or can you guide them to handle this for themselves? So that's been a, a big change for me. But yeah, managing managing through change right now and just not being the person that does everything is, is a big shift. It's really important though. So leadership has become a really hot topic. And even if you search it on Google, you get 3.7 billion results that come up. Why do you think leadership is such a talked about and studied subject right now? So I think the reason leadership is so sought after um but i think it's something that's always been sought after because what happens um you know that i've seen working with some practices or talking to other offices is that the person who gets the job in leadership or the manager is the person who's been there the longest right so the person who's been there 10 years 15 years and so they're thrown into a situation and they have no idea what they're doing and so and a lot of times they might not have the leadership that they want either in regard to that. So just trying to figure out like what we need to do or what you need to do as a leader and in those roles. So I remember, um, you know, just my first interview with someone like I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure, you know, how to interview someone. So, you know, I had to do the research on my own, but even, you know, just looking at things online about, you know, how to help encourage your team or, you know, help try and, you know, engage your team a little bit more or give them the skills that they need, things like that. Like just looking up those things just to try and do better for yourself, but also the people that you work with. I think part of that is too, is there's so many different ways you can also be a leader too. It's not a, it doesn't just fit into a box, right? Like I said, everyone's leadership style is different, but also everyone who has a leader the way they want to be led is a little different too. So sometimes you have to adapt your leadership skills in regards to one person's personality versus another. So I think that could also be an aspect of why people are searching for that as well, because they might connect with this person as a leader, but another person on their team and they might not, might not. So they're like, well, how can I connect with this person as a leader because of their personality being a little different than I'm not used to. I couldn't agree with you more. I think I, I know that when I, moved into management, really it was just because I, it, I was good at what I, I did. You know, I was a good sales rep. Um, I was good at elevating challenges and ways to overcome things, opportunities in the market, but it didn't necessarily mean that I was good at working with other people or inspiring them to follow me. So I think for a long time, I really shared my best practices, which I think is a great way to get started as a leader, but it doesn't necessarily transfer to getting the troops to follow you forever, so to speak. So one of the, one of the things that I think I've, I've learned and I think where it becomes so important is to figure out where, you're, where you lack. You may have great strengths in certain areas, but there are, like mine honestly was, was empathy, just really slowing down when someone was saying that they had a problem with this. My tendency is, well, then go figure it out and, and, and overcome because I have a glass half full mentality but everybody doesn't. And, and just because you don't doesn't mean you can't potentially be good at what you do. So one of the things I think I, I learned was saying that must be really hard for you. And that's such a hard thing to say. And 
it's, it's, but it's so simple. And I, you know, that's where you have to always be looking and searching for different ways to lead better, but you have to be open to it as you're, as you're looking at and we all, we all read books in different ways, right? I've, I've been recommended books that you start reading it and I can't, it's like a, it, it's, it, it literally gives you narcolepsy that they're, you got to read this. You're just going to really get, it's going to be so inspiring. And then you just can't get through it. And I have half read books all over my house. The books behind me, I may or may not have read them. I don't know, <laughs> but I, that didn't, that didn't speak to me, but there are definitely ways if you're looking to become a better leader that there are lots of different types of training modules for you that can speak to you. I, I, I spoke about Franklin Covey a little earlier. That worked for me because it was more interactive. It wasn't me reading something and then, you know, trying to figure out how I was going to do this. If you're, if you're working on it with a team and you're saying, well, what are you saying? I, I would say it this way. That's really helpful. I, yeah, I mean, it took me 43 years to go through my first leadership course and it literally blew my mind because it is sometimes embarrassing when you read and, and see all the things that you've been doing incorrectly that you really thought you were doing well. Like, no, I'm just showing them what I did well and, and it worked for me and it was great. And then you realize that's the worst thing that you can do for someone. Um, but yeah, it, it I, there, again, if you're struggling with getting through some of that material, I think it's about trying to find the, the type of material that actually speaks to you instead of getting into the boring books that I was trying to get through. <laughs> I love that. But I think that maybe some of those boring books could be useful at some point in your life when you have a different problem or different need. That's true. That's, yeah. And then we all learn so differently. So doing something interactive can be helpful at times versus sometimes you just want to sit down and read quietly or think. But I love how just thinking about how we all think about leadership. And um, I think it was Kathy who was talking about learning how to be strategic instead of being more like in the weeds and really just wanting to do. I think those are really skills that, that we hone. Um, so in terms of, of winning the leadership scholarship, um, other than being recognized for some of the great things that you're doing in the industry, each of you has the opportunity to select a program around leadership to help your ongoing professional development. Can each of you share with us the program that you selected and, and why you chose that specific program? So the program that I selected was the, the RISE virtual conference with Rachel Hollis. So the reason I had picked the program is um, some a few years ago, OWA, it, um, it was a book that was recommended, uh, Girl, Wash Your Face, written by Rachel Hollis. Um, so I had heard about the virtual conference. Um, they, of course, had changed it up because of COVID. Um, so I was like, well, this is a great opportunity. I can actually you know, do this virtually over like a three-day weekend and things like that. Um, but also there were some different women leaders that were speaking um, from the fashion industry, which I thought was kind of interesting too. So kind of tied a little bit into what we do in the optical industry as well and how they use their skills to grow their business and lead their team. The other thing that I found really um, interesting about the the virtual conference. It was kind of broken down into three days to kind of looking at your your past, looking at your present, and then also looking at your future. Um, sometimes we're kind of stuck in the the present mode. Sometimes we don't think about things that are in the past. You know how 
those type of things that we've done in the past, how they've helped us grow. Um, and then even for the future, think about like, where do we want to be? Whether it be five, 10 years, and then what do we need to do to get there type of thing. So I think just breaking it down each day and focusing on those different aspects of our lives that I've never done before really helped, you know, give me some insight and in how to be a better personally and professionally. So I worked with a company called uh, Mosaic. Uh, I, when I got the opportunity, I really sat back and thought, what is it that I really want to focus on or work on within myself? And I, where I really came to was I knew there were things about me that I needed to work on in order to be better serve for others. I always caught myself thinking, 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 and thinking to respond and listening to respond. And I felt like that was something that was hindering me from being a, a better leader, a better person, better friend, better partner. And when I was looking at where to go, I actually reached out to our CEO at Saflo and I, I had suggested one group. Um, and he said, no, actually, I think you should work with Mosaic because I think this, uh, the group could really help you. And I sat down and I had eight sessions with um, Stephen Clooney at Mosaic and really worked through quieting my mind, as I said earlier, and listening to what I was thinking while people were talking or how I was responding to other people's words, because I would find myself getting overthinking what information that was being shared to me or trying to overanalyze things. And it really helped me sit back and think, why are they saying that? Is it is it really what I'm thinking it? Um, and really what the mosaic focuses on is others can't make you feel a certain way. Only you can make yourself feel that way. So, you know, if, if Stephanie, you were to look at me and say, Kylie, I think the Huskers are a terrible team. I couldn't say, well, you know, I, she's, she must be attacking me and she's, oh, she's probably doesn't like Nebraska. And you know, the things where your mind starts to go and, and keeping yourself when someone says something, taking a second and going, okay, like, what are you thinking about right now? Why are you letting yourself continue to go down that path? Let's think about what the, what the moment is, take, take a breath and then move past it. And I, where I really felt the opportunity and I have, I have one daughter and I have three sons and I, I, where I found myself focusing was, wouldn't this be wonderful if children went through this practice when they were younger, when they hear things and a comments made that they, they go, well, okay, that you don't like my hair. That's fine. Like, that's good. But how hard is it to keep your mind from going there? Um, but it was, a, it was really a great opportunity. Again, professionally, it was wonderful. I, I, I started thinking more about why I, was, why I was letting myself go into, okay, they're, you know, they're saying that they have this problem and, blah, 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 you know, and just letting your brain spin. But I found it really helped me at home when my husband would say things and I would catch myself shutting down or, well, I'm not going to respond to that because, you know, he should know better. Like, well, he doesn't. So, <laughs> um, and, and that helped me at home first, which I was surprised with. I really practiced that. And then it helped me when I practiced it uh, at Saflo and when I was working with, with customers or sales reps or other team members and keeping myself from, oh, doing, doing what we all do, which is overthinking and trying to, like I said at the beginning, thinking to and listening to respond. I think it's just human nature to do that. And I've really tried to catch myself 
and I do it every single day. And it's interesting as you start to practice that as someone is sharing a challenge with you, just to really try to make yourself be quiet and not interrupt and wait till they're finished, wait till they're truly finished, wait till they truly get to where they, where their truth is and their story is, empathize, repeat, and then guide them through that, that next step instead of, again, telling them what to do. And it's really been a, it's, it's been a journey for me. I didn't realize all the things that I, again, like I said, we, I felt were really helpful, but actually were, were not helpful. I struggle with the same problem if it makes you feel any better with the overthinking. <laughs> I get that analysis paralysis really bad sometimes. <laughs> so they both sound like amazing programs. Um, to especially to help, as you said, in your personal life and your professional life and really develop, you know, leadership skills. What would you guys say were the key takeaways from both those opportunities? For me personally, I think the, the takeaways were the, the perspective about changing your perspective and how everyone has a different viewpoint um, and also mindset. So for perspective, um, one of the examples they had, they had someone who was about like six foot four and someone who was maybe like 4'11 stand next to each other, right? You could obviously see that one is taller than the other. But then if you just change the angle of maybe the camera and you have one person maybe set stand behind them, the, you know, the, the taller person, um, but they kind of look, then they look the same. So sometimes we end up having a perspective that we need someone else to come in and just kind of shake things up a little bit. You know, everything isn't set in stone. Um, sometimes we just need to have maybe an outside person come in and say, well, what about this or what about that? Kind of um, what we say uh, is kind of poke holes in things, right? Um, because sometimes you need that to kind of like, oh yeah, I never thought about that or never. And that is also what we need to do as leaders too. Um, our team brings us an idea, which you know we love and which is awesome, but we also want to make sure that our team is looking at other perspectives as well. Um, so one of the things that we do is, you know, and our company, we try and look at like the client perspective, like what does it look like, you know, when we, when we meet with a client, we want to make sure that we're looking at from their view, their vantage point and not just our vantage point, because back to we're living in the day to day. So we really want to make sure we really understand what they're seeing. And I think the other thing that I really took away is just the mindset. And we all have these days where we wake up and we're like, I just, I'm not in the, I just, I'm not in the group. I just can't do it. Like, you know, but to have something that is like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, whether it be, you just do a little something that kind of puts that pep or that energy into your, into your day. Um, one of the things, one of the speakers talked about was, uh, I think Beyonce has something that she puts on like a big pair of earrings and that is like, even though she doesn't want to do it that day, she'll put on a big pair of earrings and she'll go out and do it. So you could do it, whether it be like some, like your favorite shirt or a hairdo, or even like a favorite song, just to kind of move and maybe get that energy out and get you in a different mindset, mindset um, to try and uh, get your day going and things like that. Because what can really happen is if you start your day kind of in that lull, um, it can affect your whole day. So really just trying to, you know, get into a mindset that way you're, you're ready to go and kind of take the challenges on that your day face does bringing you that day. Well, and I think my program was really similar. I, I, it's funny. I think you listened to the two different programs that we were both part of, and they were both very focused on mindset. 
And that I think that's a, a new, a new buzzword in leadership is acknowledging where you are at in your own self in order to lead others better. So I, I really, I didn't think that how I was internalizing and, and everything that was going on within my own self, that that was really affecting the team. Uh, I felt like I was providing, you know, my customers with everything they needed. I was known as the person that was going to get things done. And that was where I thought my value and my worth was. And I realized along the way through this, that I wasn't showing others how to do the things that I knew how to do. I felt that I, by answering the emails or by guiding them, oh, oh look, you can do this and you can do that. But I wasn't passing that information and that knowledge on or empowering them to do it themselves. That I wasn't letting and those others fail in order to succeed. And that all came back on me and my mindset and my how I was feeling. And it was, well, I don't want them to fail. I don't want them to, you know, so I'll, I'll just help them. I'll guide them and I'll, I'll, pu I'll push them along that path. And sometimes people have to fail in order to, to learn and get better. So that was a big wake up for me. Um, stepping back, it was a challenge. Boy, it's hard to, to take, a, take a deep breath and take a pause. I had to do it on a call the other day. And it, it's sometimes that feels like an hour goes by when it's just five seconds. But I think what we're both saying is if you can, if, if you can try one thing, it's stopping and, and assessing where you're at in your own life, in your own head, in your own space. And then using that awareness to coach and lead others into their own awareness. And then together you can, you can make choices. I mean, I deal with that all the time with customers that, you know, you walk in, I mean, we all, we all walk into the to offices and, and we go, Oh gosh, boy, if I could just get my hands on this, this one, I could make them perfect. I could just with a few short tips, I can make them run perfectly. But when people aren't ready, they're not ready. And you have to sometimes take that moment to say, what's the what's the first little thing that we could do here but let's try these little steps and guiding them through that to get them to the comfort zone of of making those bigger steps and those bigger leaps forward because that's that's what it's all about so that i think that was my my biggest takeaway yeah it was it i loved listening to you kathy because it's just so funny how things are again different programs but i I love where we are as people that we're all starting to recognize. It used to be all about win, 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 go, 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 go. And now we're all realizing, oh, we got to stick, we got to reassess the person inside. And I think so much of that's important. Like when you, when you hear every day about the great resignation and people are leaving jobs and careers and um, a recent McKinsey report was talking about people want to feel like they belong and that their work means something. And I think that those pieces are just so important when we think about what is it that people are really looking for in a job to be successful in a career and what keeps them around? Because ultimately as leaders, our success comes from helping others become and maintain their success. So you've talked a little bit about what you've learned and to some extent, some of the things, especially with mind shift and, and how you think about how you do your job, are there other things that you've been able to incorporate into your personal and professional career from this? Yes, definitely. So kind of to, to piggyback on what Kylie says, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting how both programs, we, we went to separate, separate programs, but we kind of feel like we kind of learned uh, the same thing is just, you know, one thing that I really have been starting to do professionally is stepping back to it's okay if your team fails and it's okay, you know, as long as it's not detrimental to 
you know, the company and things like that, like it's okay to let them fail, like let them try an idea and see how it works. Um, you know, and of course, no one wants to fail and we always want to like swoop in and help them. Uh, but, you know, sometimes they have to learn. And those are some of the best learning lessons is when we do fail, um, because then you can look back and be like, okay, what did I learn from that? But also if your team does fail or someone on your team maybe doesn't do as good as they would hope, maybe just talk with them like, okay, well, what can we learn from this? That way, the next time this happens, you're, you know, you're ready and you're prepared. So that way they have those tools in their toolbox and are prepared for that next um, aspect of working with, you know, a similar situation. Um, I think the other thing that has helped not only uh, professionally, but also maybe personally is having a morning routine. So one of the things I used to do is, you know, get up in the morning, you know, get my cup of coffee, look, cup of coffee, look at my, you know, schedule for the day to be like, okay, what meetings do I have? You know, things like that. I wasn't really taking time for myself to sit down and be like, okay, what do maybe other things that I just kind of need to do? So maybe taking, you know, 10, 15 minutes just to kind of sit down and be with yourself and maybe write a list out of like, okay, here are the things I want to accomplish before you even look at your calendar or even, you know, open your phone to see like what emails came in overnight and things like that, you know, um, just taking that time for yourself. And that kind of also helps with your, your mindset for the day. Cause then you're kind of a little bit more prepared and ready. Cause you're like, okay, you know, I know I need to get this done in this column, you know, per professionally, I know I need to get this done um, personally, but this way you kind of have a, you're better prepared for your day. And maybe you can actually organize your day a little bit better too. So that way, when you start looking at your schedule um, of your meetings, you'd be like, okay, well, I have a break in this day so I can, you know, call and make this appointment that I know I need to do for my, my child and, or this appointment or whatever. So I think it just helps you be a little bit more prepared. But also I think what happens to all of us is if we don't have, um, if we're not ready for our day in the beginning, then when those um, quote unquote fires start happening, then your day is just in so disarray. And then at the end of the day, you think I didn't get anything done because I was putting out fires all day. Um, you know, so I think if you have, if you're a little bit more prepared in the morning, um, that helps so that way you can handle those fires a little bit better, but also you can feel more productive at the end of the day if when those things come up, those unexpected events happen. I think that's a fabulous idea. I think uh, I, I recently started scheduling on Fridays an hour where I planned my, my following week. And that's been a game changer for me. Instead of trying to get through everything on Friday and then, you know, you wake up on Monday and it's chaos or you or the worst Sundays, you either work or you're stressed about what's going to come the following week. So I took that hour just to make myself the notes that said, all right, let's gather your thoughts. What are you going to do next week? How are you going to get things done? How are we going to align these? What are the most important items? And that made all the difference. And it's, it's, it's interesting, interesting too. Sometimes I don't even take the hour but I'm doing it now without even realizing that I, that I don't need that blocked out time like I did before. But I have certain times in my week now that I also block out time so that someone can't throw a call in. As you, we all complain about conference calls right now and you know, everything's virtual and anyone can get you on Teams or Zoom or you know, it, it, that part of the, the business has changed dramatically whether you're you know, in a practice or you're like us in sales or, or at home. Um, and 
I would complain about that. Oh, I've got calls all day. And I've got, you know, so I started blocking out a little bit of time throughout the day that said, okay, no one can put a call in here because I can't have these calls back to back because I need a moment to reassess and get my thoughts together so that I can be my best self on the next call. And that's changed and helped a lot. Just adding that and acknowledging that within myself. But I'll give you a kind of an example of the, I think that in my personal life, what I did that really when I noticed that I was practicing this taking the pause and listening skill, my, my son, who's almost 14, got in the car with me one day and he's in eighth grade and that's a hard time. And he said, um, I don't always feel comfortable with how I look. And as a mother, you immediately want to go into, oh my gosh, no, you're, you look so great. You know, you're so cute. And I think you're great. And, and I, I, caught myself spinning into all the things that that you're supposed to say a uh, quote unquote to build your children up and i thought that's not the right for the first time i was like that's not the right thing to do that's not what he's asking me he's not asking me to reaffirm something he's asking to have a conversation about this so i paused and i said okay well tell me more about that and he shared a little bit more and and it finally got us to the end of the conversation with, you know, I said, this is, these are all very normal things that you're feeling and thinking and let yourself go through that process. It's okay to think that way. It's okay to feel that way. Um, catch yourself when you're thinking about those things. Why do I feel this way? What, how can I think differently? How can I, how can I re-engage my own thoughts on how to feel differently? And it was a very different conversation than I'd had with any of my other children. And I could tell that he felt so much better at the end of it. Um, and now he sa always says to me that, oh, my, my favorite times are when you take me to karate because he can have that type of dialogue with me that is different than what we used to before. And so that, that really, I used, that was an aha moment that I have now used when I'm talking with people in my professional life of, no, they, they're not, he's not asking me to solve his problems right now. He just wants me to listen and walk through it. And that is again, like I said earlier, sometimes those little simple things are very hard to do, <laughs> but it was, it was, I felt like it was a fabulous way to, to re-engage with him. Um, and I know he's not, um, you know, afraid to bring up those, those topics with me now. I think too, being in sales, you're just so used to fixing problems. And so as soon as you hear a problem, it's like, let me fix it. And that's not necessarily what's in the best interest for the person you're talking to. So that's an interesting way of, of saying that. Um, so as we wrap up today, um, and we thank you both for being here, we usually, uh, we actually always end each podcast with our guests giving us kind of their parting words or their last piece of advice. Um, so if you guys could share some of your words of wisdom to send us out. I don't know if they're words of wisdom, but um, the thing that I always um, try and do for myself and always encourage other people to do is to always continue to learn, like always try and stretch yourself um, and use the tools at your disposable at disposal. So, you know, we have so much information at our fingertips now, just kind of like going back to what you're talking about, about being leaders and that being searched and finding all that information on Google, like use Google, you know, if there's something that I'm unsure about, if I don't know how to do, um, you know, I look it up on Google, you know, um, so that way I can learn, but also there's so many different ways you can learn nowadays, whether it be, you know, if you know someone who is strong at a certain skill, you know, working with them and, and going to them, but also, 
you know, there's so many courses out there now that you can pay just a, a you know, five, $10 and learn how to do something or improve yourself that way. Um, I think the other thing, um, just a piece of advice is it's okay to ask for help. Um, we can't all, we can't do it all. Um, and we try and do it all. We really do, especially, you know, as, you know, uh, women and if we, you know, have, you know, for our teams, but also if we have family, um, we try and do it all. And it's okay to ask for help, um, you know, and sometimes we, we need that help. It doesn't make us lesser if we ask for that assistance, kind of like what Kylie was saying, like I would, you know, go in and try and, and help my team, but I'm like, you know what, I have to have them do it on their own. But then if they come to me for, for assistance um, or see something, I don't just try and swoop in anymore to try and just like, let me help them, you know? Um, but I wanna make sure that they know that I am here if they do need help as well. So it doesn't make a, a lesser thing if they do have to ask for help too, because sometimes we do have too much on our plate and we do have to delegate and say, hey, can you help me with this or help me with that and things like, and you know, both professionally and personally. So my, my advice is very similar. Uh, I think a lot of us right before the pandemic had, we're all, we're nearing burnout phase, whether we knew we were, or we weren't, and we were all given, and we, you know, you have to always find a silver lining. The gift of what that was, was that we all were stopped. We had to stop. We had to reassess who we were, who we wanted to be. And my advice to everyone is, and it's something I finally listened to in myself, what is it that is not fulfilling me every day. We get this, this precious gift of one chance at who we want to be and how we want to be happy. Um, at, you know, whenever this, this journey that we're on is over, is, is what you're doing filling your bucket, so to speak? And if it's not, how can you talk to yourself and tell yourself what you need to do differently? Um, we, we are, given lots of choices. I, as you said earlier, a lot of people are changing careers right now because they realized, I don't know if this is my best self. This is what I want to do. This is my path. So you've been all given the gift of opportunity to assess within yourself things that are filling your bucket, things that are not filling your bucket, and looking for those opportunities to change uh, and not being afraid to say, you know what, that this is this part of this isn't fulfilling me, or I need to look into this opportunity to make myself better. One thing that that I have done is I found a workout class of girls that I love to work out with. And it's an hour for me. And I can't, it's so hard. It's so hard that I can't think about anything else. I can't think about work. I can't, and they tell me what to do, the workouts for me. And I love it. And when I leave, a lot of that angst and, and, and just worry about the day that I bring in, I, I feel it shed away as I do that. And it, and it just gives me a different perspective. So find, the, find something for yourself. That's kind of what I would say. I think when you are speaking to a group of women, I think, as, I, as I've shared several times, we're all really good at doing things for other people and forgetting to do those little things for ourselves that make us better people. And when you are wound really tight, you're not your best self. So I've been challenging my regional managers with this as well. At the end of this, write something down that you're going to do for you and go do it. Like, is it a massage? Is it yoga? Is it 
getting your nails done, but you have to find that thing every week, week that you do for you. Awesome. Last parting words from both of you. Thank you. And thank you for coming today to talk a little bit about the programs that you got to do. And it was, it was awesome to hear how you guys applied the scholarship um, award to uh, help develop better leadership skills. So thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Kathy, for stepping out of your box a little bit and coming on. <laughs> Hopefully it was easy. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. Um, it was easier than I was, you know, kind of like we talked about, like Kylie said, you put those things in your brain, you get all worked up. But then when you do it, you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, everyone appreciates you guys coming on to talk about it. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, we'll see everyone in our next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.